and you can live in the day. So, the question is, are you able to maintain a high energy and focus level throughout the day? That's a good question. Is that specific to... There'll be more leading questions. I just want to hear your answer first. Is, um, that, is that in relation to... Um, what is that? What is the context behind that question? So, let's say mental focus. Um, context being, let's say, for one hour of the day, it could be sharp and then there's like another hour or two where um, I can't really operate at a high level until maybe again, like later on in the day. So just wondering, are you able to maintain like consistently like a high state of focus and high energy level throughout the day? And is that something I could work towards as well? And what advice would you give for that? To get so, to the state if it's possible. So me personally, am I able to, or is yeah. one able? Um, Are you able to? Let's start with that. Yeah. So that's for me, I've come to realize that it's all based on if it's if I'm interested in the subject. If I'm interested in the subject, the days can disappear and I am I am enveloped in, in, in obsessed in topic. And hours and hours can go by and I don't eat, don't move. If I like what I'm learning or doing, that's all. That's all I'm aware of. So yes, but no, the answer is no, if I'm doing something that I really don't like, or I don't care for, not that I don't like, but if I don't care for, if I'm not that interested, if it's not testing my ability, uh, I dread it. <laughs> I, and, I, and I can't wait until it's over. And there are more mature performance answers than that. There's like, you know, you can turn anything into something interesting. And that's true. So the monks would train you in that. Like, let's say you don't want to do something, but there's a way to turn that thing into, okay, so like this can make me better if I focus. And if I, if I don't treat this any differently, then my mind will, will be trained and, and, and I'll be better for it. There's definitely that side of it. Um, and I mean, so it's, I do that sometimes uh, when I have to, but honestly, when you, when you come out of all that training and you come on out the other side, here's what you do. Yes, it's possible to, to focus and, and especially if it's something you don't want to do. I mean, no one needs help focusing on something that they like to do, Right. It, for for people that like video games, they need help like not focusing on video games for a while. So oftentimes in life, it's not how do I focus better? It's how do I unfocus on this thing that I love and then force myself to focus on this thing that I hate? That's really where everyone is nowadays. No one needs help focusing on social media. No one needs help focusing on TikTok and scrolling through Instagram, right? That's easy. But even with that, like when you do that, you don't have like a clear state of mind. Let's say if I just want to relax, like not have any inputs and just have yeah, a clear state of mind, then how would I do that? Well, that's the that's the, the beginning stages. That's attention and concentration. 
that's the beginning stages before meditation, right? To get your mind in the zone, you have to pay attention to your breathing. You know, start with the, the three breathing techniques. Go through attention and concentration. Focus on your skin, right? Try, try to anchor yourself, anchor your mind onto something and internalize your awareness instead of your awareness being stuck onto everything else outside of yourself. Those are kind of the basic stages, you know what I mean? To gather yourself. But, okay, so here's, so, but that's, that's like the beginning stages of, of manipulating your own awareness. Eventually, like when you come out of all that stuff, you learn to be efficient in your awareness. So most people, let's say most people need an hour to focus fully on this one thing. <clears throat> when you get better at navigating through the mind, you may only need 20 minutes to understand something. And then you can move on. So you get better at, at finding out what you need to research in the time given. And then you don't have to spend as much time as other people do to learn about something. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and then I'll ask a different question. Maybe it's along the same lines, but maybe we'll also give a different answer. So let's say you have something coming up in half an hour, maybe an hour that is important and you want to have a clear mind, but let's say you have brain fog or trouble staying in the present. Um, what, how could you, what could you do to, to clear up your mind and prepare, be prepared for that thing that's coming up in like half an hour, let's say? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you got to get Musashi on it because, uh, so Musashi, before he would uh, have a battle, he would get ready by, uh, like painting or carving, yeah, carving wood or painting, uh, or, or, uh, calligraphy. So the, what does that mean? Like, um, it helps you focus on the present. So that's the first thing, like focus yeah. on what you're doing now. He would access his intuitive, superconscious self. And then the thing that was anticipatory, that the thing that's coming up is no longer as dreadful. It's no longer as anxiety provoking or when you get to a certain point in consciousness, <clears throat> life, um, the, the, the the unknown becomes less dreadful or less um interesting not interesting it's just you don't let's really focus on it as much you just focus on like the present time what you're doing currently and you're not you're overthinking the future what can happen all the possibilities so yeah, it is yeah. scary because it just comes like you wait until it comes by just focus on the present instead of anticipating it. Yeah. That sense. yeah, yeah, it's there's all kinds of levels to these topics, though. It's really interesting. Uh, it's a fascinating area to study, but it it reminds me of Covey's um, 
character, personality, and paradigm shift example. So in order to behave differently, we have, we've talked about this before. Do you remember? If not, we can recap it. Um, give some more so information. You, you have three areas of manipulation in your life that you can like, you know, three areas that you can control your character. Okay. Your attitude, like the driving force behind your, your character and your paradigm or your worldview. And Covey gives an example of changing, like forcing yourself to change your character, becoming motivated, like needing to find something, like driving around a city, trying to find a, a location that you've never been in, being dedicated, reading a book about motivation, right? That's changing your character. That's changing your attitude. I can, I can do this, having a can-do attitude. Instead of getting down and depressed, you can do all that stuff. But then he recommends, <clears throat> or you can change your paradigm. You can change your worldview. And you can say, no matter what, like the apartment thing, no matter what, like it's all good. Whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. I've done the work. We've put in the application. We just, it's a waiting game. If it doesn't work out, we'll find something else. It always works out. Um, so that's that. <clears throat> and, and then he recommends that 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 worldview shift, that paradigm shift changes automatically the character and the attitude. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You don't have to mess around with the individual characteristics of your the specifics of yourself. If you change the broader, the broader view of who you are and how you see the world. So, so how does that help clear up your mind? Right. So let's say you want to learn focus or let's say you want to, you want to learn how to be in the moment and not get anxiety about a future event or overthink something. You can focus on meditation. You can focus on the Pomodoro effect and, and, and take a break every 20 minutes to focus better. And you can promise yourself. What does taking a break mean? Do what? Uh, taking a break from the activity that is difficult to focus on and, and doing something more easily focused on. That, have you ever heard it? Like, uh, yeah, I've heard of, I'm just wondering, like, because sometimes you could be taking a break, but you think you're taking a break, but you're actually doing something that's quite strenuous on your mind. So it's not actually acting as a break. So, so you're talking about like fully letting go in a type of type of meditative break. I guess. So, yeah. Like how to clear up your mind when it's like, I don't know, brain fog. I don't know how else to say it when you have brain fog. Right. All right. So let me see if I can answer that by, by continuing. Okay. Good. So, yeah. So there's all these techniques that I can answer that question with, right? The, the meditation, the changing what you do, all like, you know, the Musashi effect, painting, right? Getting into Zen or something like that. But eventually what I'm suggesting is you change your worldview and the character and the attitude, the little details don't matter. And eventually you, you're either always in that state of focus 
or you can snap into it at will and, and move your awareness. Now that takes years of training. Okay. So let me, let me back up a little bit and answer your question better, or at least not answer your question, but talk about it more with you. So like breaking down what you're saying, it requires, it requires training. It requires you to understand yourself a little better. Like, and, and we know that we know that we've talked about focus before and your focus before, um, like it can be scattered, right? It's hard to focus on stuff. It's, it's been a lot better recently though, in terms of focus. Good. Awesome. But specifically you were talking about clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what does that even in order to understand what you mean by that? Maybe we can talk about moments when you are feeling clarity. What is that mm. like? What are you doing? So then? there's a what I'm doing. Hmm. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I just know my mind is clear. And I, yeah, I guess that's why I'm asking the question, because I want to know how maybe you'd recommend getting to that state where my mind is clear. Okay. So that's very interesting. What you just said, I don't know what I'm doing. So that to me, that tells me, or that's a clear indication that when you're in a flowing type of state, when you're an intuitive state, you're doing something subconsciously. For example, you're doing a repetitive task that you've done many, many times and that you typically enjoy doing, but you don't have to think about doing it. You just do it. So, for example, can you think of anything like is working out like that for you? You just go to the gym or you start your workout. You don't have to like think specifically about every task. Like, what are you really good at that you can do automatically that you don't have to think about doing? walking oh there it is okay that's beautiful i mean that's a major zen technique too because it's something that we can all do and it's something that we can all get better at we don't need anything to do it either so when you're walking you find yourself to be you have more clarity when you're walking Mm -hmm. yeah like in a nice environment yeah nature or Mm -hmm. something like that or Maybe the, the, the perfect weather for you. For me, I love trade winds. Like when the wind is blowing, man, that's. How come? A good, you know what I mean? When there's a good trade coming through and it's like the perfect temperature, it's not too hot, not too cold. Okay, fair, yeah. Man, there's something about that that just pulls you into the moment and makes you quick. <laughs> okay. So the monks would say, there's a consciousness there. There's a, um, a feeling. There's a, a state that you've ended up in. And that state can be replicated or, or duplicated. Like it can be copy and pasted into other areas of your day. Um, I'll give an example.
Sorry, I had a text. I'll give an example. When you want to find something, um, you've lost, like, for example, a key. And you need to find a key or something. You lost something on the floor. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a recommendation in, in performance training to um, visualize finding the key or the thing that's lost, um, thinking about finding it, and feeling what it's like to find something after you've had it lost. And, and can you think of that now? Like, sorry, could you repeat what you just said? So the, so can you feel, can you feel the relief of finding something? I guess, yeah, uh, that you don't know where it is and you're trying to look for it. Maybe you need it. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, great. That part of my life is over. feels really good. (laughs) You know, so when you're. So in the future, every time, and this is for, this is a good example for everyone in the future, from now on, when you lose something or we're trying to look for something, you want to think, visualize, and feel what has happened, your success in the past. That's how we repeat success. We enter into this area where we're recreating success, recreate where we're finding the thing. And at the very least, it, it, it gets rid of the anxiety of looking for something you try, you try to feel a little better and the idea the theory is that if you can feel a little better in the moment you can kind of have more clarity and f- maybe you can find the thing better and another aspect of that theory is the law of attraction if you're thinking about something enough if you're in the right state of mind the thing will present itself to you right so you can you can duplicate or replicate. Um, I wish I knew what word to use. You could, you can recreate clarity. You can recreate walking with the trade winds and the beautiful weather. You can recreate that feeling whenever you want, if you, if you are strong enough in your mind, but that part of it takes, takes training Mm -hmm. and you do it in small chunks, right? So first, you do it with an actual walking break. Like you actually stop what you're having trouble focusing on. You're lacking clarity. You stop what you're trying to do. If you can, my guru would say to leave your computer and go for a walk. But he would say only if it's appropriate. Like if you're holding a two by four or a piece of wood and someone else is on the other end and you need to see clarity, you wouldn't just put <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so when it's the, when it's appropriate you go for that walk so not you don't leave a class because you lack clarity but you wait till after the class and then you go for that walk and try to see clarity now over time you don't need to actually go for the walk but you kind of close your eyes pay attention to your breathing and start visualizing yourself walking or visualizing how it would feel to be walking and over time, it, that it becomes an automatic response and you become a meditative person. And that's when the different things start happening, the three levels. You change your attitude about something, you change your character about something, and then you change your worldview. In the process of changing your worldview, 
you just kind of become that person who can transport yourself to another place mentally. And then, you know, that's how, that's how we develop attention, concentration, meditative meditation and contemplation. And what we're talking about really is contemplation, the ability to one pointedly focus on a single thing. And that takes clarity. Clarity takes practice. And those are the practices involved. And it's up to you how much time you want to devote to that. What I mean by that is this could be a five-year process or it could be a five-minute process. If you are dedicated enough, you can, you can start that mental, that, that mental walking practice today and not physically do the walking. You still want to do the walking, obviously, but you can start today. <clears throat> and if you're dedicated, you get better faster. You know what I mean? I mean, I can give you an example. Uh, when I first came to university, I would drink, I drank alcohol for maybe like a month or two. But then I knew how it would feel when I would be after having drunk, let's say, and then I could replicate it without having to drink in the future. So I'd be able to replicate it. So I guess this is similar where be, pay more attention to how I feel, like walk with intent, be more mindful of how I'm feeling and then try to replicate in the future. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I remember you talking about that. Um, it reminds me, one of the monks, he didn't drink uh, and everyone else would be drinking, but his mood would like lighten up and he yeah, would relax yeah. and everything. Exactly. And we were talking about it one day with him, about him not drinking. And, and he's like, you know, I don't drink. But don't don't think that I'm not having a good time because mm-hmm. I can kind of match your level and exactly yeah in tune with you. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. And um, years later, I started to teach that, and it's the same principle. Anyone should be able to blend with anyone else. I mean, if you're really good at what you do and communicating with people, you should be able to communicate with highly intelligent. Uh, sharp-witted people, but you should also be able to communicate with uh, simpler people. Um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. people of people of of different backgrounds and things like that. You should be able to go onto a farm and communicate to a farmer, communicate, and then be able to communicate to a lawyer or a doctor or a scientist. And you can kind of me- you don't, and I don't mean. Let me let me definitely point out <clears throat> i don't mean dumbing yourself down to to meet someone else there what i mean is to to temporarily adjust your character and attitude to to blend in with someone else if it's appropriate now obviously i don't recommend in the process getting rid of your morals and your you know like your morals, right? Like you don't want to blend in with criminals just because you can and then become a criminal. That's not the idea. And I just have to say that because, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Not that hard to find a criminal. So like you don't want to make friends with the wrong people just because you can. And and I I I I've fallen victim to that. I've I've 
in my life, I've always been the guy that can get along with anyone, anyone, anyone. So I've, I have been in relationships with amazing people, but I've also attracted and been in relationships with really terrible people like that you should not know and be involved with. But I was kind of like this mirror. I was so clear. I could just mirror someone else. And uh, that can be a double-edged sword. But, yeah. I like that, that, that line of thinking. I mean, it's tough, though. And, and that's a great question for um, young people, for students, areas of focus you know because it's a tough answer when i say it's easy to focus on something that you like to do you know that doesn't that almost doesn't matter because eventually you're going to have to do things that you don't like to do it's just kind of part of life you've got to roll with the punches play the game and so only identifying with things that you like to do, which is something I see a lot on social media, like <clears throat> make your life your own and like only do what you love to do. Yeah. Give me a break. Like we all have to pay bills and do taxes and things like that and all that crap. So, you know, uh, it's sometimes you just bear down, roll up your sleeves, finish what you have to do and, and, get on with it and, and then go back to life. Um, and nowadays, you know, software and everything makes like makes taxes is a good example. Um, you know, there's, there's software online now that makes taxes like a few clicks of a button. So, you know, there's not a lot to complain about anymore, but I'm not a fan of making everything sound positive. But you know what I mean? let's say only go in answering that question on a different level. What if you said <clears throat> you could switch your perspective to enjoy like anything that comes at you, like anything you have to do, you enjoy doing it because let's say because you're alive and that's part of being alive and part of experiencing the world. Is that something that's viable or is that just inferior? No, no, no. That's, that's it. I mean, that's what we teach, right? That's, a, that's a hundred percent correct. Um, and, and I teach that the challenge itself should be the interesting motivator, the novelty, the variety, the chaos of the situation is the exciting factor. Even but, if it's as mundane. Yeah. Even if it's mundane, I mean, and even better, right. The more, the, the, the more mundane, the more boring, bring it on. That's yeah. definitely a part of it. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not worried about saying that that's not always the case. Like, like last night we had to go to target <laughs> to mm -hmm. buy stuff. <laughs> and then I do not want to go to target right now. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was like Helena and I had to like pump ourselves up, like <laughs> leave the house, you know, put down our beers and and go to Target and get cat litter and and diapers. Um, 
you know, but you make it fun. I don't know. We made it real fun. Um, and it was great. Like it was whatever. Uh, but you know, we didn't look at it like in the beginning as like, all right, a new challenge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. That's not really, you know, you can look at, and that's the problem with social media. Like, God, I, I don't, I love this guy, David Goggins and his material, Mm -hmm. his beautiful material. It's, and it's all about what we're talking about, but look, I really don't think he's talking about going to target on a Friday night. (laughs) And like, this is the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's funny because it is the challenge in front of you right now, but is it going to impact your spirit <laughs> and and bring you to another degree of of mastery not Dumb. really yeah not really <laughs> i'll tell you what though you know what i do to turn things kind of mundane into fun mm-hmm. i i talk to people so i talk to the cashier and one of my things is i i'm just thinking about this now for the first time uh I don't, I don't think about this. I just do it. It's just a habit. And I, I didn't think about it last night, but, but it happened. I, I try to like make the cashier feel better. Like it, it there, it's a Friday night. They're at friggin' target. Like they don't want to be there. They're looking at the clock, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I try to pick them up a little bit. Like I get, I get there and I put, start putting some stuff on. I'm like, how's the target life going? What do we do? What are we going through today? What's happening? What kind of crazy <laughs> things happened at Target today? And all of a sudden, like they relax. They're like, oh, it's good. You know, I'm off in a few hours, though. And you're like, oh, cool, cool. And, and you know, you don't have a lot of time with the person. But uh, there are these little things that you can do to kind of pick up other people. And that kind of makes it worth the trip. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's That's one way to make things more interesting yeah but i really like thinking about musashi um i'm glad you asked a question that made me think about musashi because <laughs> it had been a few days <laughs> and yeah. a few days that you hadn't thought about musashi um, <laughs> <how> could you rush? <laughs> <laughs> like he's got he's he's about to go into a battle to the death <laughs> and, and there is painting yeah. <laughs> that's really cool well, well, look, so I'll tell you a story real quick. The, so the last, and this is a spoiler alert to the like 9,000th degree. But so if you, if you haven't read the book Musashi and you don't want to know what happens in the end, turn off the podcast right now because I'm going to oh, spoil okay. it. Okay. Bye, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want me to say it? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Go. All right. So. He's he's gonna he's about the ending of the book. It's the climax of the book, and that's the best one of the best parts is that the 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 peak of the book is like the last page, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like oh my god! So uh, he's in the the fight of his career, the fight of his life, and um, it's the the morning of. He's supposed to he's he's supposed to be on a schedule. He's staying at a friend's house because he's just like a wanderer, so he doesn't have a house. But he's like in the town that they're supposed to fight at. 
and uh, like he's got somewhere to be in a few hours. And so the host of the house is reminding him like every 20 minutes that like it's 20 minutes later, 20 minutes later, uh, just reminding you, you have one hour left, 30 minutes left. And uh, they're like, everyone around him is, is so nervous, full Mm -hmm. of anxiety. They're just like freaking out. And they're not even the ones fighting. Mm -hmm. Their friend is fighting. And uh, he's chilling. He's like, he takes like a a bath (laughs) and he's just like relaxed. He's in like these like, pjs he's in like pajamas and he's like carving wood and and reading a book and and they're all in the kitchen and like god he's like calm and he's not freaking out what's going on is he gonna go is he not gonna go or and he's painting and everything and they come in and he's down to like a few minutes before he needs to leave on time Mm -hmm. and they're like so it's a, we got to leave in a few minutes and he's like i know i know <laughs> so now he's late okay so it's the time has passed where he needed to leave and he's officially late and the, and they come in like every five minutes and like so we're a little over time now and he's like i know i know and and the only thing he says is when does high tide come in and they give him a time and he's like, perfect. Okay. Thanks. And they close the door and he's, he's just doing his thing. And so when the time is right for him, he, he gets up, puts on his new kimono, gra- grabs his sword, heads out the door and he says, I'm ready. So that was kind of his technique he would often show up to fights like two hours late um and 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 so he got to the so he's he's in the boat he has to take a boat to an island to and again i I think we've talked about this before he puts his sword down and carves a new sword out of a wooden oar and he's like in this that is zen that is Zen. He's just going with what he has. Even even more, he's like removing what he has and going with like the natural elements in the boat. He's he's totally enveloped in spirit. That's what that means. He's totally enveloped in spirit. And the monks would teach that when you're and and in our vow book, it said that the the monk eventually is a. a and this is exactly what it says. They abide, they abide in their own greatness. And that's how they live their life from that moment or from that state. To abide, I think means to live in. Abide, A-B-I-D-E. Accept or act in accordance with. Okay, so that's the first effort. So it doesn't mean. I thought it meant to live. I mean, it could be in context here. Yeah. To abide by rules would be to live by those rules. Yeah. <clears throat> to abide in, in your own greatness. And that means, like, where does my greatness come from? 
like when you're meditating, when you have monks like renouncing the world and just going within, where are they going? What are they doing? What is, where is the knowledge coming from? And it's, it's, the point is, it's from yourself. Our own great, our own natural state of purity inside of ourselves, where nothing else get, gets, is perfect. And it's greatness and it's elegance. It's spontaneity, creativity. It's everything. What? It's everything. It's everything. So you don't have to be nervous. You don't have to, you don't have to wonder if anything's gonna go wrong. You don't have to be fearful about the unknown, about something that's going to happen. Because everything is inside you. Because everything is there already. Like, it's fine. And from Musashi's perspective, he's like, if I die, I die. Okay. Boring. Like, tell me something more interesting. And so as long as he exists, and as long as he eventually gets there, everything will go according to plan. So he shows up to the beaches, the beach of this little island, and his competitors is, and essentially his enemy, and also his greatest teacher. He's, he's pacing back and forth, and he's like, Musashi, you're late. You're late. Like, what, what, are, what are you doing? You think that's going to work on me? I'm going to kill you just a little later now. And Musashi, like, jumps off the boat and sprawls onto the beach and, like, real quick-like and has his sword in his hand and then just pauses and they stare at each other from, like, 10 feet away. And um, he's like, let's do this thing. And so the, his enemy takes his uh, sword's um, sheath or scabbard they called it in the book. And he takes it off and he throws it onto the sand after he pulls his sword out of it. And Musashi says, you've already lost. The fight's over. And he's like, what are you talking about, Musashi? And he's like, if you were going to go home today, why would you throw away the very holder of your sword? where your sword needs to return. So okay. he's like, he's in his head, right? Mm -hmm. Just in his head. And the guy's like, whatever, let's go. And so they, they run, at, run at each other and, and fight. Musashi eventually bashes his head in with this wooden <laughs> oar. <laughs> and uh, it's become sad that he just killed his, his greatest teacher. And reminisces that there's the only way he was able to win was because the teacher was better than he was. Isn't that interesting on a whole other level? But better in terms of probably like sword fighting, but Masashi was stronger mentally, right? Aha! So. That's the greatest lesson of the book. You didn't even read the book. <laughs> That's the, 
Uh, learn it all from you, Raj. Or maybe it's because it's all within me anyway. You're and a genius. No, that's that's it. Fun. It's all within you. Yeah. That Actually, the monks would say repeatedly, all knowing is within you. Mm-hmm. All knowing was within you. It's a very interesting statement. But yes, exactly. The two were different in that way. One had an ego. The other one didn't. His enemy was a better sword fighter. But Musashi was like a mirror. He could become the other person like we were talking about earlier. So, um, and then he jumps back in the boat, hoping that his enemy actually lives. And he, and he goes off and then, and then, you know, historically Musashi um, is invited to uh, start a school and he, um, has a very successful school in his style of martial arts. And then um, I think in his fifties goes into a cave or no, his sixties goes into a cave, writes the Dokodo and then um, dies as a renunciate monk. So, I think that ties nicely into everything because when we lack clarity, it means that we haven't found a part of ourselves that is always clear. I think in its, in its most simple definition, that's what we're talking about. And what I would recommend to people is that they, they, they continuously look inside themselves for that greatness and abide in it, obey it, trust in it. There's a lot of faith here. If you're going to go up into a conversation, don't worry about it. Just be patient. Like whatever's going to come out of you is going to be, is, is going to be what needed to come out. Let's say like you have anxiety because you're going to go talk to a, uh, someone you're attracted to. Young people have this issue all the time. Like, oh, my God, uh, I'm going to mess this up. And that very thought means you lost already. And so in order to in order to succeed in life, we need to we need to mentally trust that we're going to do what we know how to do. We're going to do something from within. And that thing is going to be correct no matter what. Now, let me, let, me, let me go backwards and say, in order for that to work, you need to understand where the within is. That's another thing I need to write down. You, no, I was just need, thinking that, yeah. <laughs> you need to understand where, you, where you're tapping into. Like in order to get maple syrup from a tree, the the thing that you knock into the tree needs to be deep enough right at the right level where the maple syrup comes out if you you know too shallow or too deep no syrup so that takes the training that we talked about that takes the the breathing the meditation practice the slowly developing a maturity and it took Musashi about 12 years 
from when he was when he was um, at war as a young uh, murderous teen to being locked up in confinement for three years and then going out into the world and fighting and learning from different teachers. And then eventually he realized the two sword technique. So the two sword technique is both practical in that you have two hands, but, and you should hold two swords if you can, which is better than one, but it's also metaphorical or allegorical for you have everything you need already. And um, his guru in the book, he was at one point, he was uh, at a dark in his own dark night of the soul. It's a beautiful, this book is amazing. God. <laughs> so he goes through a dark night of the soul about three quarters of the way into the book. And uh, he's at like the moment of insanity. He's like grown his hair out. He's grown his beard out. He doesn't bathe anymore. And he's like demanding from the universe that, that, that he reaches enlightenment. And he's like, I need to know the truth of my spirit, of my being. I need the core of existence to be real within me. And he's following his guru around, just living on the sidewalks, waiting for his guru to kind of like uh, share some kind of magical information. And the last thing his guru yells at him before uh, turning away and never seeing him again is, there is no thing. Meaning like there is no one thing that there that I can help you with that that needs to be known. There's nothing to be added to you. And so he's standing there and he sees the 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 moon it as like this perfect circle around him. And like this shadow around him. And within this circle, he realizes that, that he has everything he needs. And he is what he's been searching for. And uh, so he has his enlightenment there. He sees his hands. He figures out the two-sword technique. And, continue, and he invents uh, a new school of martial art, which, was, which, which is what made him so great in the beginning. In all of his battles, he always used uh, both of his swords which was unheard of, right? They had two swords. A samurai had two swords anyway, but only to use with one hand if they needed it. So a short sword and a long sword. So you lose the long sword, you still have a backup. But he was like, he grabbed his, in a fight uh, against like 30 people in, in one of the scenes in the book, he uses both sword continuously to kill multiple people at the same time. So... Um, you know, he, 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 he's tapping into the source before that, if he's looking within it, he's just, he's still ignorant. So it's not that we can like take this technique or this, this theory and today like walk into a business meeting and be like, whatever happens is fine. I, I, I know nothing about the business. I know nothing about what's going on, but uh, it should be fine. That's not what we're talking about that's lunacy. You need to prepare for things. You need to study and research. Um, but eventually we get to this moment where the research 
and our true selves smack together and become one. And we have a, uh, you know, this, this caterpillar effect where the caterpillar has, has hibernated long enough and it, and it comes out as a butterfly and, and requires a lot of work, but that's kind of the journey we're on. Uh, that's how you ultimately seek clarity. And we want to do that before we're old. You know, we want to do that as soon as possible. So the way, I guess the way to do that as soon as possible is to just have faith that it's possible. Have faith and trust in yourself. And before any situation, take a moment. I think I write this in the book. Take a moment and pause and don't do anything. That's like the fastest way to find the, the maple syrup. Because when you react right away to something, uh, you're, you're tapping into emotion or, 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 or uh, the fight or flight uh, response, uh, adrenaline or, or confusion. That's what comes first in a situation, right? When, when, when approaching novelty, we, we experience fear before hope and threat before promise. So we need to wait until those things subside and then wait for hope and promise to come out. Wait for the sweet, the sweet syrup to come out and then act or respond. Now we want that process to be as quick as possible. So like, if someone says, good morning, we're not like, Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. You know, we don't, we want it to be genuine. So, um, over time that process gets faster and faster and faster. And my guru was a really good example of that because he would wait before saying something i mean all the time he would almost never say something immediately inside of a response there'd be a stimulus and he would pause there would never be stimulus response almost never even if it was like a laugh he would like pause for a second i mean (laughs) (laughs) and it was the most genuine laugh you've ever heard and uh I remember once we were in a meeting with him and he was at the head of the table. It was an editor's uh, or it was a, um, yeah, a big like editing meeting. He was the, he was the publisher of our magazine. Uh, And so we're sitting around the table with all the senior monks and all all, all the monks that work on this magazine. And uh, one of the monks that loved to interrupt people, God bless him, interrupted him when he was taking one of those pauses it was so dumb. It was like, do you not know this man? <laughs> and everyone's just like, oh God, what an idiot. <laughs> and he looks up and he's like, and he just looks him in the eyes. He's like, I'm not finished. <laughs> it was like, oh. What okay, okay. Cool. Like the ultimate disrespect. <laughs> So don't be that guy. 
But I'll tell you what, you know, have I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago or whatever, whenever this happened. Um, someone told me I was a really good listener. Um, because I have this thing where that moment replays itself in my mind every now and then. And I, I try for God's sake, I never try to interrupt someone when they're talking or when they're thinking, when they're pausing. And so when I do that, it, this happened just the other day again. They were like, wow, you're a really good listener. And I think it's that thing. I think it's someone is, is like still thinking about what the, and I don't try to rush them. I don't, I mean, I, I, I really hope that that's accurate because to let someone uh, speak and to give them that space before interrupting, uh, it really makes people feel good. Nice. Okay. I hope I do a good job of that as well. I used to just not speak at all when, even if I like had a thought, but I think for a podcast, it's a bit of a different dynamic than for a normal conversation because I, I even sometimes I say, if you speak too much and it's getting off topic, then I need to bring you back to topic or just, I guess in general, if I don't speak at all, then I'm guessing it kind of gets boring for you as well because there's no new ideas coming in and then it's just you speaking. So, yeah. But, there's a dynamic. Yeah. It's, 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 it, there's that, some of that is there, but um, for sure. No, you're, you're, you're great at it. I mean, you, you really do a wonderful job at this, at this, uh, at producing this podcast. Uh, and making sure it all runs right and mid conversation or keeping things on track. Really solid job. Thank you. Yeah, this was another episode where I just had one question and wanted to go improvise from there. So yeah. I think it turned out really nicely again. Nice, nice. We came up with it, we came out with another quote. Yep. Glad I'm getting these quotes out of you. Where are we in the recording? <laughs> so. So I know where to go to. All right, sir. Well, thank you for your time. And yeah, yeah. that was good. All right. Well, till next week.